Welcome to the Alien Beer Podcast. My name is Chrissy Garrison. I'm an independent science fiction and fantasy author, and I will be reading my stories to you. Well, here it is, my wonderful listeners. The end. This is the last story in my Alien Beer and Other Stories collection. I'm going to be totally transparent with you. I'm not sure where I'll go from here. One thing is certain. I'll continue the Multiverse Blues, reading each chapter to you here on the Alien Beer podcast until it's done. Once that's done, I'm not sure. I have some other stories I could read. I could start a new serial. I could write a new series of short stories just for the podcast. I don't know. As I said last time, I do plan to continue the every other week format for new episodes. I might have special interstitial episodes as well, but those will be bonuses. This episode is also the last installment of the Alien Beer podcast for 2020. It's been a wild year. It's been rough. Very rough. Working on this podcast, which I started before the pandemic began in the U.S., has helped me hang on during dark times of isolation and fear. I didn't know if anyone would listen. I've been pleasantly surprised. As of this recording, episodes of this podcast have been downloaded 2,248 times. Wow. Thank you for listening. We'll see what happens in 2021. And please, take care of yourself and be kind to others. I'm a founding member of an author co-op called the Speculative Fiction Guild. In 2014, we put together an anthology of speculative short stories related to any of the winter holidays. The profits for that anthology went to benefit Indie Reads, an Indianapolis literacy charity. For this tie-in to my Road Ghosts and Tipsy Fairy Tales books, I channeled my childhood years watching Rankin and Bass holiday specials. I tried having various main characters, but eventually brought back Enid from Spectral Delivery as its star. It takes place after Mean Spirit, for those who want to know. Christmas Special The week before Christmas, Uncle Gonzo and I took the Megabus to Chicago. Not the Christmas fantasy I had in mind, but on a delivery driver's budget, there was no way I'd get back to Seattle to see my family this year. I'd rather have worked through the holidays, but with students headed home, King's Pizza was dead. So my options were to either work drastically reduced hours or use my vacation days. Come on up to Chi-Town with me, Enid, he'd said. You'll like the LT. He's a bit rough, but a sweetheart once you get to know him. Don't let the age difference bother you. He's never progressed past his 20s. And you're totally his type. Petite, dark-haired, and sarcastic. Gons, no. What? He's a good guy. Jarhead, Gulf War vet. I'm not looking. No more setting me up, okay? Gonzo's not my uncle, at least not any more than he's everyone's uncle. He's a big bear of a man whose large, furry warmth outweighed the figurative claws and teeth he bared now and again. So when he suggested a holiday getaway on the cheap to see Chicago and stay for free at his buddy's place, it sounded better than twiddling my thumbs for a week, missing family. No way I'd have considered a megabus trip alone, so traveling with Gonzo fixed that. Viola teased me about romantic possibilities with a big guy, but it's not like that. He's just a friend. He's my manager, and he's old enough to be my uncle for real. 
Anyway, Gonzo and I sat across from each other at a table on the top deck of the double-decker bus as it bounced down the road. The upper level experienced everything the road had to offer with extra added drama. Every pothole lifted me off the seat. Every gust of wind made my stomach lurch along with the swaying of the bus. Every turn made me grab onto a rail, worried that this time we'd tip over for sure. Did you get a look at the driver, I said? What a gorilla! He could bench-press you, no problem, Gons. Gonzo snorted. As if. He's not so big. Plus, a guy like that sits for a living. Turning a steering wheel isn't going to build real muscles. I grinned at him. Not like wielding the batleth of doom to slice up pizzas. Now that's a workout. Gonzo flexed like a professional wrestler. You better believe it, Enid. It's not a job for the weak. A voice came from right next to me. Aye, tis a warrior's job, and no mistake. The scruffy little man who'd appeared at my elbow seemed like a graying woodchuck with delusions of grandeur. He wore a crown made of aluminum foil with some kind of colorful rectangle stuck to it, like candy gems. His wide grin turned my exclamation of surprise into startled laughter. He winked at me. I had no response to that. Gonzo put his hands on the table and half rose out of his seat, looming over the little guy. Listen, bud, this is a private conversation. Woodchuck guy laughed and stood. Forgive me manners, sir. Allow me to introduce myself. I'm called the Transit King, and I've got business to discuss with you. Transit King, said Gonzo. Oh, no, not again. No more of this supernatural crap. I'm on vacation. I looked from the little guy to Gonzo and back. Transit King? Aye, I watch over the ways, I help those in need, in return for favors owed, and I try to keep the supernatural apart from ye humans as best I can. But seeing as you're both touched by the supernatural already, I figure you're the best ones to talk to about me business proposition. Gonzo growled, Look, my best friend's a ghost magnet, and I nearly got killed by trolls over the summer. Enough is enough, you little f I held up a hand to stop Gonzo. I looked the transit king in the eye. So, for real? You're some kind of magical being? And you need us for something? The transit king's eyes twinkled as he nodded. Smart lass. All I need is a favor. Usually people ask favors of me, and then they owe me. I'm offering a favor for a favor. A small one at that. Enid, don't, said Gonzo, sitting back down. If he's who I think he is, he's trouble. I looked back at Gonzo. Yeah, well, maybe I want a little trouble. No offense, delivering pizzas is glamorous and all, but this is my vacation, and I'm jumping at the chance for a little excitement, okay? Besides, going on pizza runs with your ghost hunter buddy has made me a magnet for weird stuff. Gonzo folded his arms. Don't say I didn't warn you. He spat a sarcastic, okay? I turned back to the transit king. What's the favor? What do I get in return? He rummaged around in his coat pocket and came up with a box. The kind jewelry comes in. I had a bad feeling. No, no. Sorry, Rumpelstiltskin. I'm not marrying you. The Transit King laughed a deep belly laugh that went on and on. Tears streamed down his wrinkled rose-red cheeks. After a minute of that laughter, I joined him. Even Gonzo chuckled, and I saw his shoulders relax a bit. <laughs> Nay, nothing of the sort, lass. Marriage isn't for the likes of me. You say you're a delivery girl? Well, think of this like a delivery. But let me show you what's in the package. The little red velvet box creaked open to reveal a wrought iron ring. I thought it might 
be one of those old-fashioned nail rings my grandmother told me about when I was a little girl. A cheap souvenir from Amish country, maybe. Gosh, I snarked. The transit king waved his free hand as though erasing a blackboard. Like any magic lass, this is much more than it seems. First of all, it's iron, so I can't touch it myself. Iron? Why not? Gonzo sighed. He's a fairy. Iron burns them. The transit king raised an eyebrow at Gonzo. Thought you didn't want to have anything to do with the supernatural, hey? Just because I don't want to believe doesn't mean I don't know anything, bud. I held up a hand to stop the back and forth. Okay, so it's an iron ring. Big whoop. The transit king focused on me, and his voice fell to a whisper. Tis not just any little trinket, lass. This here is the reindeer ring. It has special powers. I need you to hang on to it for me until we get to Chicago. Why? He shrugged and looked around at the other passengers, then back at me. Let's say maybe I didn't want it to fall into the wrong hands. If you have it, I can't be made to give it up. Gonzo said, So Enid's your patsy instead. Someone comes along looking for this, they'll shake her down instead of you. The transit king sighed, impatient. Ye called me a fairy. Tis an insult where I come from, but that's close enough to the truth, at least as ye see it. My people are bound by promises and special rules of etiquette, and our jobs are who we are. So I might be compelled by another one of the fairy folk, given the right situation. You're mortal and be nay so bound. Now, time's running out. Will you help me or will you nay? I stared at the blackened wrought iron nail ring in the box. You didn't say what I got in return. The transit king's smile faded to a ghost of its former self, but didn't disappear. Lass, I'm a fairy king. I have powers ye have nay dreamed of. If it's in me power, all you have to do is ask. Just wait until we get to Chicago. Gonzo sighed. Enid. It's okay, Gons. I've got this. Okay, I'll take care of your ring for you, your majesty. It'll make the trip go by quicker, dreaming up what I want as a reward. But I already knew what I wanted. A round-trip ticket to Seattle to see my family. Heck, if he's got some travel-related magical power, maybe he can swing me a first-class seat. The little guy's grin returned, and he held the box out toward me like an awkward suitor. Gonzo coughed. I plucked the ring from the box. My fingers tingled with a strange but pleasant sensation that made me think of peppermint patty commercials. It also looked like it would fit my finger. Gonzo and the Transit King yelled at me to stop. I held the ring between my fingers, not yet on my other hand. What? Why? How else do you carry a ring? Gonzo said, Have you never seen the Lord of the Rings? I stuck my tongue out at him. Nay, tis nothing like that. Of course, tis an item of power. You don't know how it works, and it's only on loan. Tis not even mine to give away. Just keep it hidden. That's your only job. Gonzo rolled his eyes. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. I unhooked the ball chain around my neck and slid the reindeer ring on. It joined a wire outline ghost pendant that my last boyfriend had given me. Ah, Lowell, too bad you went home to Dallas for Christmas. Maybe we could have kept each other warm for old times' sake, my sweet wolf dude. I tucked the necklace back under my sweater and patted it. There, both secret and safe. The transit king nodded his approval. Just be sure you don't use it, lass. If you do, I owe you nothing and can nay be responsible for the consequences. Okay, fine. I get the idea. Gonzo said, are we done here? 
The transit king tipped his cheesy foil crown. Aye, I'll be on my way, maybe get some shut-eye on the trip. He stood, faced me, and bent at the waist. Thank you, darling. Then he retreated to the back of the bus and pulled his makeshift crown down over his eyes. Strange guy, I said. Nothing good's going to come from of this. How do you know he's not just some crazy guy on the bus? Gonzo took a deep breath. I don't. Not for sure. But he fits the description I've heard. Secondhand stories. Just then, snow burst from the center of the bus, exploding outward to coat everything in a fine layer of icy crystals. The few passengers on the upper deck with us screamed and hit the floor. Gonzo swore and leaped to his feet. I just stood there with my mouth hanging open. Across the length of the bus, I met the transit king's eyes. His brows knit, and he chewed his lower lip. As the miniature blizzard at the center of the explosion cleared, there stood an elf girl. That's the easiest description I have. She was about my shortish height, with fine-boned features and high, sharp cheekbones. Smooth platinum hair flowed to her shoulders like a frozen waterfall. Perfect bangs revealed her ice-water-blue eyes. She wore a pine-green ski jacket over a cherry-red blouse. Her brown jeggings ended in white Ugg boots. One hand rested on her hip, and the other held a snow globe as though it were a weapon. If it weren't for her cold, angry expression and aggressive stance, I'd say she was adorable. Gonzo swore. The windows of the bus fogged. If I gaped at the elf girl, I wasn't the only one. The mouths of the half-dozen other passengers all hung open. For a long moment, no sound but the hum of the engine of the bus could be heard. The snow melted and dripped down my nose. She scanned the faces surrounding her and focused on me. Her eyes narrowed. My heart beat faster, and I sat fixated, pinned by her intense gaze. The transit king called to her. Lassie, you think that were subtle enough? She whirled on one foot and stomped toward the transit king. Her words came out as high and sweet as birdsong. Where is it, ancient traveler? I had no idea what you mean, little girl, and if your father wants to talk to me, you tell him he'd better do it himself. Maybe I'm here on my own. That ring's part of my inheritance. Give it. Jackie, you're young yet to be thinking of inheritance. Too young to be messing about in the affairs of your betters. Mind your family business, mind your father, and we'll have Nick quarrel, hey? Jackie shook the snow globe. The particles of snow within it whirled around. Slam! A gust of icy wind blasted the left side of the bus, rattling the frost-obscured windows. I hung on to the table to keep from falling out of my seat. The bus shook as it hit the rumble strip and then jerked back onto the road. One woman sprawled in the aisle, and then she crawled on all fours to get to the stairs to the lower level. The transit king stood up and shook his fist at Jackie. You're bonkers! Danae, do that again! This is my domain, lass! The open road! Mass transit! A straight track! You're making a mistake! Now sit down and let's talk like civil folk. I'll take care of this, whispered Gonzo. Before I could say anything, he stood and stomped over to the girl and pinned her arms to her side in a bear hug from behind. Set down the snow globe, Elsa. Now! She struggled in his arms. Let me go, you stupid mortal. I'd do as she says, said the transit king. I stood up to help Gonzo. Mistake. The elf girl shook the magic snow globe again. 
Squalls of ice and sleet from all directions buffeted the bus this way and that. I fell and hit my leg on the hard edge of a seat, then landed on my bottom in the aisle. My leg throbbed and I held onto the seat for dear life. Bags, winter clothes, cell phones, and other debris flew around the cabin as a small snowy vortex centered on the girl. She disappeared from Gonzo's grasp, and he collapsed on the floor, covered in frost from head to toe. He shivered and shook, curled into a ball. Do something, I cried at the transit king. It's your domain, like you said. He smiled, but his eyes were sad and tired. My home is the Circle City, and that is me true domain. Thought I'd nip out for a little vacation after some nasty business, see a friend in Chicago, make a delivery, and have some time off. I had nowhere near the power I'd do back home. I grabbed Gonzo's long wool coat and covered him with it. His teeth chattered, but he relaxed. His face shone redder than usual, and I worried that he'd get frostbite. I turned at the sound of another snow explosion near the stairs. Jackie the elf snarled, Hand it over, or I swear I will crash this bus, old man. You can nay harm me, laughed the transit king. I walked the dirt roads of this place when horsepower meant animals, back when me domain was the prairie schooner. You're still wet behind the ears, lass, and you're making enemies. You made enemies when you made off with my family's property. My property! Again, she shook the snow globe. Again, the bus skidded and rocked this way and that, tossed around by the intense blast of winter weather. Maybe the crash won't kill you. Maybe the crash won't kill you, but it'll hurt you. And if you won't stand by and let these soft mortal people get killed, by definition, if this is your domain, they're under your protection, Transit King. She laughed, and I wondered if she took lessons on being a villain from B-movies. No, wait, not B-movies, but something else, something familiar. Jackie raised her free hand and let loose a blizzard inside the bus, a squall that burst toward the Transit King, and Gonzo and I were in the middle. All at once, it clicked. Everything I knew about Christmas elves, I'd learned from Rankin and Bass animated specials. Forget the reward, I'd had enough of this bitch. I took out the reindeer ring and held it up before me. The blast of snow imploded as the ring sucked it all up like a cartoon vacuum cleaner. Now it was Elf Girl's turn to stand with her mouth open. That's right, Enid saves Christmas, biatch. Go back to the North Pole or wherever you came from. Nay, lass, what have you done? You, she hissed, taking a step toward me. That's mine. I smiled. Fun fact from my pre-law classes, possession is nine-tenths of the law. But that's true even in fairyland or Christmas town. whatever. A nasty little smile touched her lips. This is true, if you can hold on to it. She hurled a blast of cold at me. I blocked it. And another. And another. The ring glowed bright white in my fingers. My joints ached with the cold, but at the same time, the sensation energized me. She screamed in frustration, then her smile returned, and she started down the stairs. Fine, I'll pick it out of the wreckage. I ran after her, against the protests of the transit king behind me. I snapped the cheap ball chain in two, kissed Lowell's pendant for luck, and tucked it into a pocket. Then, reindeer ring in hand, I followed her down the stairs. The ring blocked yet another blast of sleet as I reached the lower level. Her eyes lit from within, and her features lost just enough humanity to freeze me in place. 
This was no Keebler elf, no friendly mall Santa's assistant, not even a dentist's wannabe misfit. No, this was an alien creature who would kill everyone on board to get her property back. Give it to me, she said, one hand extended. For a moment, I considered her request. What if the Transit King had stolen it from her family? What if I'm helping a thief and she's not the villain, but I am? Except, except if I'm the villain, why is she threatening to kill everyone on this bus to get what she wants? Still, it took all my willpower to shake my head no. She spat, then pointed, not at me, but at the floor under my feet. The icy floor made my feet fly out from underneath me, and I landed hard. The ring flew from my fingers and skittered under a seat. Without it, Jackie could freeze me like Gonzo, maybe even kill me. I looked up at her. Her finger wasn't pointed at me now, but at the front of the bus instead. Everybody down, I cried. Jackie sprayed ice on the front windshield and then iced over the side windows. It was like looking through bathroom glass in every direction. Trees, fields, houses, all transformed into shadowy blobs of color, rushing by at an alarming rate. She held up the globe, and snow swirled around her. Something heavy flew from the stairwell over my head and smacked into Jackie's hand. Gonzo's boot. The snow globe bounced on the rubber flooring once, twice, then shattered on the steel wall of the bus. The elf girl cried out, No! I felt the bus turn slowly in a long slide. The blurry landscape outside tilted, and I knew we'd crash in a few seconds. What would Rudolph do? As I lay on the floor, I groped under the seat. I spared a glance toward Jackie, who still hadn't vanished. Maybe without the globe, she can't. She saw me reaching under the seat and threw herself at the same seat. We kicked and pushed at each other, groping for the little iron ring. My fingers touched the ring, but her nails bit into my fingers, and she took it before I could. She shoved away from me and sprang to her feet. I struggled out from under the seat. Even through frosted glass, I saw the land outside the bus tilt at a terrifying angle. The tires screeched, horns blared, and I knew this was the end. The nauseating scent of grilled elf filled the air as she screamed. The ring fell from her hand. Oh, Iron Burns fairy types. Guess that's not her ring after all. I grabbed the reindeer ring out of the air, jammed it onto my finger, and hoped. The bus fell sideways, and I clung to the seat as everyone but the driver fell to the left. But instead of hitting the ground or, say, an oncoming semi, we kept going. Out the left window, I saw the blurry highway, and the shadow of several cars blurred past under us. The bus tilted again, and out the front window I saw nothing but frosted over a sky. Wind whistled past the bus, and it shuddered. Nausea nearly overcame me, but I kept my lunch down and gritted my teeth as the bus righted itself. I heard jingle bells, not the song, but real sleigh bells, rang out. I heard a whooshing roar from up front. The driver must have turned on the defrost to full blast because a small, clear spot formed in the front windows. Outside, I saw something that made me laugh, despite everything that had happened already. A team of deer loped ahead, towing the bus up into the December sky. We were flying, a double-decker bus, flying like Santa's sleigh. The gorilla bus driver turned in his seat. Who's responsible for this? Jackie stood up, hair not so perfect anymore, sucking on her fingers. She pointed at me. The gorilla's eyes narrowed and he stood up, blocking the view of the reindeer and the sky. 
He took a few steps toward me. My mouth was dry. The air left my lungs. The Transit King, Jackie the Elf, the Reindeer Ring. This guy had to be more than he seemed. Jackie stared at a point above his head, like maybe she saw something even bigger. The driver's hands balled into fist. I could feel his hot breath from ten feet away. His voice was down below baritone. You nearly wrecked my bus? I shook my head. N no, I'm one of your passengers, but she doesn't have a ticket. Jackie's eyes grew wide, and her mouth made as if to scream. But no sound came out as the suddenly much larger bus driver grabbed her with both hands, walked to the door, and pulled the handle. Winter air shrieked past the open door, and the bus driver threw Jackie outside. She hit the side of the bus once, and I saw her scrambling in the air as she flew sideways past the defrosting windows. Her forlorn wail haunted me as the bus driver sat behind the wheel and shut the door once more. The other passengers stared out the window, stunned, as tattered wisps of clouds slipped by the bus. "'You done fantastic, lass!' I turned toward the Transit King and Gonzo at the foot of the stairs. Gonzo's face and hands still showed red, but he seemed more himself, cackling and pointing at the reindeer. I guess I voided the warranty, I said with a smile, but I think I figured out what the ring is for. Aye, you did. I sighed and peered out the windows. She was a sociopathic little spoiled brat who would have killed us all, but it's kind of a shame she had to die like that. The Transit King shook his head. DNA... Can immortal girl? Oh, sure, she'll be out of action probably till the 4th of July, to be sure, and maybe grounded for a decade or three by her father. But she'll live. Maybe learn a thing or two about subtlety and diplomacy, hey? So, wow, Santa's daughter sure got raised up wrong, said Gonzo, pulling his boot back on. The Transit King laughed a deep and lasting belly laugh. Santa? Oh, no, Jackie Frost is nay the sign of St. Nick. Nay, she's the brat of me sworn enemy, the Winter Earl, sometimes known as Earl Winter, cause nothing messes up transit like foul weather. All the tension of the last few minutes burst out of me in laughter. I laughed at the Transit King. I laughed at the ridiculous deer pulling a bus through the air. I laughed at the gorilla bus driver. Most of all, I laughed at myself for getting caught up in an adventure far beyond the delivery driver workday. This is a real vacation, after all. Gonzo and the Transit King laughed with me. The other passengers stared at us like we were insane. I have to ask you, how'd you know about the bus driver? When I could breathe, I said, I noticed he was different when I got on board, like a gorilla or bigger, something I couldn't quite see. Plus, come on, if you're the Transit King, you're not going to travel away from your kingdom without some kind of guard. And the bit about the ticket? Well, you said you folk are bound by rules, and that you sort of become your job. He clapped a hand on my upper arm and grinned up at me. Lass, I think you've got a bit of the sight in you. Do you always see people that way? Uh, what way? Like their animal nature comes to the surface. Like your ursine friend here. Hey! I looked up at Gonzo and shrugged. Yeah, Gonzo always seems like a bear to me. Hey, I'm standing right here. I grinned at Gonzo. He scowled at me just like a bear. Just curious, what do you see when you look at me? A giggle escaped me. Well, I don't know if I should say. Lass. If you insist. Out with it. The Transit King stomped his foot for emphasis. His crown fell askew, and he righted it with an absent-minded gesture. I took a deep breath and tried not to laugh. 
You kind of reminded me of a groundhog, the transit king spluttered and cursed. I added, a regal groundhog? Bosh and tummy rot. I should not have asked. Probably not, I said with a smile. So I guess I blew the whole do not use part of the deal. Too bad. I kind of hoped you could send me home to see my folks for the holidays with your fairy king magic. He shrugged. Maybe so. Tis true I owe you nae favor. But lass, you've got a great flying bus pulled by reindeer that have made it round the world in a single night. Should we nae problem to stop in for a wee visit? We are nae due in Chicago for another few hours. And I did say you could keep the ring till we got there. I hugged the little king and made a much girlier squeal than I intended. Gonzo said, We're going to Seattle? Rock on. But what about the LT? I let the flustered transit king go so I could grin at Gonzo. Oh, we'll get there. Better send him a text and tell him to watch the skies. And maybe we'll swing by Dallas on the way back to Chicago, too. The end. Thank you for listening to the Alien Beer Podcast. If you like my stories, please visit my website, sillyhatbooks.com. I publish as E. Chris Garrison, and my books may be found in paperback, ebook, and audiobook format on Amazon.com and other places. The theme music for Alien Beer Podcast is Phantom from Space by Kevin McLeod. I very much enjoy feedback on this podcast and on my stories, so please leave comments on my website, visit me at at ecgarrison on Twitter, ecrisgarrison on Facebook, or drop me an email at ecg at sillyhatbooks.com. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.